Hello and good weekend to you all. Welcome to the Out of the Pen podcast here on Trackstar Sports. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of our first episode. We are so excited. And, you know, you might want to know who we are. So let me just take a second and just introduce you to who we got here on the phone uh, with us. Uh, I am Eric Boston, Trackstar Sports MLB correspondent. Um, a little bit about me that you guys may need to know that's relevant to this show is that I am a huge Kansas City Royals fan. No, not since 2014. It has been much longer than that. Many 100 lost seasons, many years of heartbreak only to celebrate a couple years ago, which was amazing. Um, but that is me, Royals fan, baseball fan, huge baseball fan, obviously, or we wouldn't be here talking. And speaking of that, the man that is here with me, is another one of the biggest baseball fans that I know. He also happens to be a Cleveland Indians fan, which I do not hold against them, uh, even though they are the nemesis there in the American League Central. But he is Mr. Ryan Cameron. How you doing, buddy? Good, my man. You know, I, I haven't got to celebrate yet. So my bottle of champagne still in the fridge. My cigar's on top of it. I'm ready to do it this year. Hey, you know, it's a transitional year for Kansas City. But right now, I can still hold that over you, and don't think I won't. I know you will, buddy. I wouldn't expect anything less. All right, all right. Well, you know, Ryan, it is our very first episode here on Out of the Pen. Um, and because of that, I think we owe it to a few people to take just a minute and, and give some shout-outs, because without certain people, you and I wouldn't be here. I think you would definitely agree with that, right? Absolutely. All right, so let's start. Let, let, let's do this. Very first thing, give a big shout-out to Mr. Rick Sincere, Trackstar Sports, Trackstars. Um, go give him a follow. Listen to his uh, football podcast, guys. Very knowledgeable, awesome human being on top of everything else. Thank you, Rick Sincere, for getting me and Ryan here and giving us this platform to you know, just do something that we would normally do anyway, and that's sit around and talk baseball. Um, you know, that's what we love doing, and, and we appreciate this opportunity from you, as well as – uh, DJ Jeremiah um, and Ryan Righteous and Shantana, all of them over there at Track Stars, for just putting this Track Stars universe together and making this opportunity possible to be here doing this. Um, you know, sitting here recording on a weekend to give something to you guys that hopefully you enjoy. And um, that leads me into my final little shout out here, guys. I want to give a shout out to all of you who are listening, to everyone who has jumped on board on this thing. Uh, you know, before we even recorded this first show, we've had a lot of people showing us love, going on to social media, following the accounts, retweeting, getting people excited, getting the word spread for us that this is coming. And, you know, we definitely want to put out a good product for you guys and not let you down. Um, you know, that's our, our goal with what we're doing here at the show, to give you good baseball content that you're going to want to listen to. Ryan, you got anything you want to add in with that? I just want to th say thank you, Trackstar Sports. You know, uh, thank you to all the listeners. You know, this is going to be a fun year. We're going to be here with you every single week. So I'm just excited to get started. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, Ryan, we are getting started here early in the season. You know, we didn't lose too much of it. We're only getting ready to, you know, wrap up the third week of the MLB season. Um, so still a lot of stuff on the horizon that's coming uh, a lot of really great stuff that we're going to be able to talk about, but you know, what's been uh, 
been huge so far is that there has been a lot of stuff, even in these first two and a half weeks, that's definitely worth talking about. Um, a lot of excitement around the league. Uh, you know, the off season obviously, you know, made a huge impact on, you know, teams futures, not only this year, but for the next like handful of seasons. Um, so there's definitely some different expectations for franchises that maybe wasn't there last year. So why don't we take a look and I'm going to throw it over to you to start with the American league. Let's just look at the standings, man. And, and let's break it down, see where these teams are out of the gate. You know, who is, you know, maybe outperforming their expectations, who's struggling a little bit and who's doing exactly what they were predicted to do. Um, so I'll, I'll throw it over to you, Ryan. Let's, let's hit that American league. Yeah, man, I'm going to start out with the AL East. Uh, you know, you have Boston out on top at, at 10 and 2. They are off. Boston is off to a hot start. So, um, good for them. You know, Toronto's right behind them at 8 and 5. The Yankees are sitting in third currently at 6 and 7. You have Baltimore right behind them at 5 and 8. And you have, I think, who most expected in the last place in Tampa Bay at 3 and 9. What is your big takeaway from the AL East? Uh, you know, just a couple weeks in. Well, I mean, my initial takeaway was that I thought you were giving me some props there by saying Boston is off to a hot start. I thought you were impressed with how I started off this podcast. Um, and then don't get me ma- wrong. I, I, I'm you very, know. I'm very impressed, Eric. I'm very well, impressed. And then I realized, no, you're talking about the Red Sox. And so, you know, my ego kind of got in check there a little bit. And I, I had to come down from that high, you know, pretty quickly, you know, that's what that, I'm here for is to bring you d- back down to earth, man. I mean, if, if there wasn't, friends like you man i don't i don't know what i would do to be honest with you okay? uh, i hear you brother i hear you <laughs> but no i mean dude boston is obviously off to a, a phenomenal start out of the gate um i think you know the yankees made obviously the biggest uh splash this offseason trading for national league mvp john carlos stanton to add him with aaron judge who had a phenomenal rookie year um Sanchez and that line, a lot of power in that Yankees lineup. I think a lot of people expected them to just kind of own the American League East this year. They were really close to a World Series appearance last year, and then you add in someone like Stanton, and and obviously, you know, you would think there's nowhere to go but up whenever you add someone like that. But so far, out of the gate, a little bit of struggle, a lot of strikeouts, uh, you know, a sub-500 record right now. But the Red Sox, man, they are just playing great ball so far. And honestly, I think they're a team that can keep this up. So, you know, maybe what we thought was going to be a really close race between those two, you know, historic rivals might not be that close, man. I mean, Boston's got a solid lineup start to finish. They got great pitching. I'm not going to be surprised if we get to September and, and they have a comfortable lead in the American League East. I wouldn't be surprised either. Uh, You know, I think between the only two teams that are really going to compete with them this season would be the Toronto Blue Jays and the New York Yankees. Um, I am not a Yankee believer. Um, I'm just not. A matter of fact, I'm going to make a quick prediction here this early in the season. I'm sorry to all you Yankees fans, but the Yankees will not make the playoffs this year. And I'm going to tell you why, Eric. I'm going to tell you why before you start going off on this. Hey, that escalated quickly. That escalated escalated quick, man. And you know what? I want to make my uh, stance on this show very clear, very quick. The Yankees will not make the playoffs because 
They do not have the pitching to make the playoffs. Yes, they have spent a lot of money on their lineup. And yes, their lineup is stacked with power. But it is also stacked with strikeouts and a lot of them. Stanton already has two five strikeout games. And we're only two weeks into the season. He's going to strike out a lot more. Obviously, I don't see many more five strikeout games. But he's going to strike out a ton. Aaron Judge is going to strike out a ton. Sanchez is going to strike out a ton. Up and down that lineup, all this pop everyone's talking about. Yes, there is a lot of pop, but there are going to be a ton of strikeouts as well. Well, And their pitching staff cannot compete with these other pitching staffs. They just can't. And I think you and I both know, Ryan, that um, that pop that they have in that lineup, it may be enough to carry you into the postseason. But once you get there, it's the pitching that really determines what you're going to do. And and I think you're right. I mean, that pitching may just not be enough. Even though my boy CC's trim looking good, you know, I mean, I, that you know, just looking good isn't enough to mean you play good. So, you know, I don't know if the Yankees can really count on on him being the CC of old. You know, he had a great year last year, Eric. He did, and I just don't think it's going to continue this year. Uh, if you look at the few years before that. He was right around 500 for the season, and and that's the kind of year I expect from him this year. Other than that, there's not many talented starters on that team. Whenever they start competing against the Angels in Houston and even Seattle and Boston, you know, they're they're just not – their bats are there, but these teams are strikeout specialists, and they are – that's what they're in in the MLB for is to strike out batters. And whenever you have – players in your lineup who do nothing but try to hit it out of the park that's not a good situation so you you named a lot of teams right there you know one you 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 did not name any teams from the american league central um which i found interesting but probably for a reason what's going on in the central well the one team i didn't mention is my cleveland indians and that's because i was saving it they have the best (laughs) pitching staff in baseball and i that's will not argue that with anyone I take it right i'm sorry i said that's not you being a homer at all right no of course not of, of, course, of not. course not of course not of course not i mean whenever you look at their starting uh rotation it, it's as good as it gets they actually just came off a stretch where they had five straight games of allowing two or one or less runs i'm sorry one or less runs that's pretty incredible they almost broke their franchise record but it decided decided to let the Tigers score three <laughs> runs in a game. Uh, oh, I mean, but, Corey Kluber out the gate is obviously looking like an early Cy Young favorite. So Absolutely. And right behind him, you have Carlos Carrasco, who is at 3-0. and And right behind him, you have Trow- er, Trevor Bauer. And right behind him, you have a young, young, talented, young, talented, remember this name, Mike Clevenger. He had a great year last year, and he's going to have another phenomenal year this year. Josh Tomlin is the only shaky starter we have in our five hole. And I think he's going to be replaced with Danny Salazar once he gets off the DL. Yeah. So, you know, the Cleveland's uh, starting pitching is, is top notch. And, you know, they have a, a strong lineup to go along with it. And the fun uh, Francisco Lindor, you have Jason Kipnis, who's trying to bounce back from a couple subpar years. Michael Brantley is back and healthy. And whenever he's healthy, he is an all-star every single year. You have Encarcion, you have, you know, all yonder Alonzo, who's been a great addition so far this year, uh, you know, so the Indians, I think we could spend a lot of time talking about the AL central, 
but I don't want to put the fans through it. Cleveland's going to win it, and they're going to win it by a lot. Let, let me just let me just translate this for the people that are listening. Basically, what you're trying to say is it's not fair to the other teams in the AL Central this year, and you're just rubbing it in our faces because you're kind of that kind of guy. That's what you're trying to say. You know, a little bit. You talked a little bit earlier about you suffering through the Royals with all those 100 uh, lost seasons. Let me tell it's you something, true. brother. Well, I, hey. As a Cleveland Indian fan, born and raised, I, I feel you, brother. I feel you. So while we're on top and we're winning, yeah, I'm going to brag about them. Fair enough. What about those other teams in the Central, though? I mean, is there anyone that we think can do anything? Let's let's run down the, the rest of the standings. It probably doesn't even matter, to be honest. You, you know, you have Minnesota, who's actually tied in first right now at 7-4. and four. And, you know, they surprised a lot of people last year with a wild card appearance. Nearly knocked off the Yankees in the wild card game. They had a pretty big lead and then blew it, uh, as the Indians do every year, too. And um, so I think they could be a surprise team, uh, possibly. Um, You know, Detroit is 100% in a rebuilding year. Um, The White Sox, now listen to me, the White Sox are a young and talented team. They are not going to be there this year, I don't think. But next year, the year after that, Watch out for the Chicago White Sox because they're going to be darn good. Um, good. And Kansas system, as much as I hate to say it. Yeah, which brings us to your Royals uh, sitting in last right now at three and eight. They're not going to do much this year. You know, they don't really have the starting pitching. They don't really have the bullpen, and they really don't have the bats to compete with these other teams. Let me let me throw one name for you to remember, my friend. That is one Jacob Junis. Remember that name. Right now, Danny Duffy may be our number one guy in the rotation, but by the end of the year, Jacob Junis might just be that ace that we desperately need. A very talented pitcher. I I 100% agree with you. But I'm going to move on to the uh, maybe the most talked about division in baseball, and you could attribute that to one player pretty much. But, uh, you know, I'm going to move on to the AL West. I'm going to do the standings before I let you talk about Shohei Showtime Otani. You have the Angels sitting at Otani. You have the Angels sitting in first at eleven and three. You got Houston right behind them at nine and four. You got Seattle at six and four. You got Oakland at five and eight, and you got Texas in last at four and ten. You got three teams in the uh, the division above five hundred. They're the only team in the AL that can say that. What's your takeaway? Um, well, here's my takeaway: Los Angeles. Angels of Anaheim in Southern California, wherever you want to put yourself. I mean, let's let's just let's just break it down to facts here. You got Otani, who's clearly, you know, maybe the the best player in baseball now. I don't know, maybe. Oh my gosh, I'm setting myself up for something here, Ryan. Hold on one second. I mean, there's a lot of hype behind him. So, Angels, do you really need Mike Trout? I mean, there's a team in Kansas City that might really use a guy. Like my try. I mean, we would probably take him off your hands if you really needed someone to, you know, dump him to. That's all I'm saying. Um, no, I mean, obviously, man, I mean, the Angels are going to be a tough team. You know, Houston obviously is the reigning World Series champions, and they deserve all the respect. And, and I think, you know, they are going to be right there when September comes. But, man, dude, the Angels are just, just filthy. They are – Leading the, the they're leading baseball in runs scored and home runs. Their lineup is stacked. They on top of Otani, they traded for Ian Kinsler, who came back and did what he, he 
you know, just always does, which was come into Kansas City and hit balls over the fence. Like, I mean, I love him because he's a Mizzou Tiger, but I also kind of hate him at the same time because <laughs> he comes to Kansas City and just hits bombs. Uh, but then they also trade for Zach Cozart. Um, that lineup is stacked. The pitching solid. Um, you know, they may be the team that can – you know, knock Houston out. Houston's trying to be that first team in a long time to repeat, and it's going to be difficult for them. It is. It, you know what? I'm going to go through just a few stats for you real quick, and I want to remind you, Eric, while I'm talking about this, this is the same player. This is not two different players. The same player. 2-0. Oh. 2-0. 2.08 ERA. 18 strikeouts and 13 innings pitch, a .46 whip. Mm. The same guy hitting 346, three home runs, and 11 RBI. Is the hype real? Of course you're talking about Otani, and you know he had a kind of up-and-down spring. Um, obviously, he was saving it for when they counted. I mean, I think, I think the hype is real. Um, you know, he's kind of talking about how he wants to be in more games. He wants to be playing every day. Uh, I mean, that's the sign of someone who is dedicated to what they're doing and wanting to be the best. So I, you know, we are seeing something special right here, something we haven't seen in a long time. Um, and you know, as me and you talked, as we were preparing for this show, you know, this, it it may force us to where we have an entire Otani show very soon because not only is he doing what he's doing which is worth talking about but then there's also the implications that it can mean for other players you know once teams really get a look at this and see the impact he has on both sides of the game it it could and you know i've been asked this by other people uh whether i believe that other players especially in college are going to try to do this and will they be able to do it I don't personally think so. A talent like Otani does not come around very often, plain and simple. Uh, When you can say you can come up to the majors and be a five-tool hitter and then also be a top of the starting rotation pitcher, that doesn't happen very often. But he's going to try it, and they're going to fail. He's got – that he's got uh, some good speed as well. He – I don't know if you saw it, Ryan, but I mean – getting that triple in Kansas City. I mean, he's not slow. I mean I called him a five tool player for a reason. Tell me one thing. He he can do it all. But is it fair to say he's an MVP candidate two weeks into the season? No. Don't put the kind of pressure on him, Eric. Don't do it to show time. Don't do it to him. I think that is a topic that we're gonna have to revisit in the near future, my friend. We we might have to but on that, let's switch it over to the NL. What do you have for us? Okay, since you since you since we were just talking about the American League West, let's go ahead and just stay out West and talk about the National League. Um, a very interesting division right now uh, out the gate in the National League West. Um, you got some very surprising things going on, uh, starting at the top with the Arizona <laughs> Diamondbacks leading that division, sitting at 9-3. and three. And then a bit of a drop-off early. You got Colorado sitting at seven and seven playing 500 ball in second place. And then another 500 team in the giants at six and six. And then maybe the most surprising thing so far, 
the Dodgers, you know, those same Dodgers who were in that fall classic coming out the gate limping a little bit at four and seven. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you can expect them to stay there. But the one thing you probably can expect in that division is the team that's at the bottom right now, and that's the San Diego Padres. They made a huge money commitment to Eric Hosmer. Obviously, I'm very familiar with him from being in Kansas City. Um, big money. Is it going to pay off in the long run? So for them, uh, is it going to pay off this year? Does not look like it. Don't expect it to. What What's your take there? I mean, there's a lot of interesting things going on in the National League West right now. I have a lot of takeaways from the AL West. And while the AL East might be the most talked about, the AL West might be the most confusing. Um, you know, NL. NL, I'm sorry. The NL West might be the most confusing. You know, and towards Eric Hosmer, he went to San Diego for the money. And, no, they're not going to be successful unless they surround him with other players that can hit the ball like he can. Uh, You know, moving away from them, you know, the Dodgers at four and seven, they will not stay there. They're going to be near the top or at the top of this division by the year's end. They're too talented to stay at the bottom. Uh, This division is so intriguing to me because you have four teams that I believe could all make the playoffs if they didn't all play in the same division in Arizona. Colorado, San Francisco, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. San Francisco has improved dramatically over this offseason with McCutcheon and Longoria. Now, are they the players they were 10 years ago? No. But are they still all-star caliber all-star caliber players? Yes, they are. So the question, the question there is for how long, though. For how long? Absolutely. Uh, you know, in Colorado, they're going to be good this year. You know, with black men, Arnato, you know, Gonzalez, they're going to be good. Their pitching staff has improved tremendously over the last year or so um yeah, and they, the closer hurts hey but they lost the closer but then they brought in all world closer wade davis they did uh so you can't this but wade davis is a savage and <laughs> okay mr royal hey, um, it, speaking the truth my friend i hear speaking you i hear truth. you uh you know arizona is sitting on top of that division right now at nine and three i think they're gonna i think arizona's for real you know, um, I think that they will be near the top of that division. I think they will make the playoffs. This division is one of those divisions where it's really hard to get into this early in the year because there's so many talented teams. I, I don't know if I can quite go there with you yet on the Diamondbacks, but they definitely um, are positioned to be in the mix there. Where were they last year, Eric? Well, I'm just – Where were they? Ryan, leave me alone. Oh, okay. Jeez, go on. Jeez. Go on. Jeez. Just let me just let me ha- try to have the playoffs. We have a hot take once. All right. All right. Okay. I'll let you have uh, it. Let's move over to the National League Central, another division that is starting out very interesting. Um, and once again, I, I want to start at the top, but I'm not going to. Let's start at the bottom of this division. The one team that maybe you could say is not interesting because I think they're doing exactly what we thought they're going to do and that's the Cincinnati Reds setting at two and ten uh it's going to be a long year in Cincinnati let's just be honest I know trade me- Joey Votto exactly. for exactly. the love of God trade Joey Votto there's a there's a couple of big names which we will talk about as we get closer to the trade deadline that I think you know and Joey Votto is one of them that I think deserves to maybe be moved to a contender um 
and there's a few more, but we'll, we'll save that for another show. Uh, but yes, I agree. It would help out the Reds tremendously. Go ahead, trade him, bulk up that farm system, play for the, the long term. Uh, but if we flip back up to the top now, uh, a bit of a surprise there. Uh, like you said, you know, McCutcheon going out to the Giants, but then his old team, the Pittsburgh Pirates, sitting on top of the division right now at nine and three. Um, I don't think anyone really expected that, especially considering the three teams that are right after them. You know, Milwaukee, I felt like they had a really good offseason. Um, May, if they can stay healthy, may have the best outfield in baseball, adding Lorenzo Kane and Christian Yellick. Um, two really good players that I like a lot. Um, but they are seven and six, second place right now. And then you got the Cubs and the Cardinals, the traditional teams for the last how many years that kind of battle out for that top spot. I mean, obviously the Cubs winning it all a couple years ago. Uh, both of those teams are at six and seven. There's a lot of talent on those rosters. So do I expect one of them to be fourth in division at the end of the year? No, I do not. Um, what's your, what, what do you see in the National League Central? I see people just coming out of spring training. <laughs> you know, yeah. Pittsburgh is off to a great start. I, I don't think they have the team to stay there. You know, who am I to say that, right? We're just fans. But I, I just don't I just don't see it. I don't see it in their lineup, and I don't see it in their pitching staff. Well, and that's the thing right there. I mean, not only did they trade McCutcheon, but they also traded Garrett Cole. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they theoretically, should they be 9-3 and three to start the season? No, but they are. And you have that team or a couple teams that always gets off to this kind of starts and then fizzles off throughout the year. That's yeah. going to be this year with the Pittsburgh Pirates, in my opinion. Milwaukee is going to be an interesting team this year. You know, uh, with adding Lorenzo Canyon and Yellick, that's a, that's a pretty good outfield. So they'll be interesting, and I think you will see them hang around in the, in the NL Central. The Chicago Cubs are too talented to be below 500, and that's them just coming out of spring training. You will see them way above 500 by the end of the year. Um, a, is, um, you know, is this the year, again, where they can reach the World Series? Uh, you know, teams are getting a lot better around them. Um, I still think they're one of the more talented teams in baseball, and I think that they need to figure out what to do with Kyle Schwarber. But other than that, I, I think that they're going to be there for a long time. So St. Louis is a team that you had mentioned. It's a very young and talented team. And I do expect to see the Cubs, St. Louis, and, and maybe Milwaukee uh, fight out for this division. I'm going to second something that you just mentioned there real quick, and that is please – Chicago Cubs figure out what to do with Schwarber for the sake of my fantasy team. I need him to do well. Make this happen. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Let's let's look at the what you were saying might be the most fun division in baseball to talk about right now. Um, there's a lot of excitement going on in the National League East. Um, you have a New York Mets team that is off to the best start in franchise history. They just finished off their ninth win in a row. They're sitting at 10 and one. I mean, are the Mets for real? Is this them or is this just them riding off a, a good start and they're once again going to come down to earth? I mean, obviously they've got a good lineup. They've got good pitching. I did not expect them to be three games up already two and a half weeks into the season. I think they are for real. 
I, I, I do. I, it and you're right, it is early, uh, but I do think they are for real. They are also a team that went out and got a, a couple players that were maybe having uh, off years the last couple years, but they're playing well so far this year. Um, and Mickey Callaway, who came over from the Cleveland Indians, and this might be riding the bandwagon a little bit, but I think anyone around baseball will tell you Mickey Callaway is one of the more talented coaches in baseball. Uh, the Indians wanted to, him to stick around for whenever Tito decides to hang it up. Uh, you know, they really wanted him to be the next coach in Cleveland and he moved on to New York and he is doing an outstanding job there. And people please remember that Mickey Callaway is one of the best pitching coaches in baseball. And with New York's starting pitching, they can make a playoff run. And, and I think you are going to see them at the top of that division. Um, for most of the season, I think Washington's going to catch them, and I think them two are going to fight it out towards the back half of the season. But yes, New York is absolutely for real. All right. Well, I agree with you. I mean, they are much, much better than what I was expecting where they would be at whenever the offseason started. So I think they are going to be fighting out for that division all year. The other team that you mentioned there, um, that currently has some work to do the nationals right now are sitting in fourth place they have two upstart teams ahead of them right now the braves are second at division at eight and five followed by the phillies who are six and five um obviously i think we've got you know what we're trying to you know be cute and have a little insight here coming up with the phillies but let's start with the braves ryan um this isn't sustainable for the Braves, not this year, is it? I mean, like, they are still a couple years out, I think. I mean, they've got good young players, but th- there's no way they're going to ride out this, this you know, playing above 500. I mean, m- maybe finish right at 500, but do you see them doing anything more than that once we get to the end? No, I don't, and it is because of their age. The Braves have a lot of talent on their team they really do they have a lot of talent on their team and with that I mean they got some good young talent but I don't know I think they're still a year or two out absolutely they're not going to make the playoffs this year um it would take something pretty miraculous for them to make the playoffs but I'm with you they are young they are talented and with that new stadium and all that money that they have available, watch out for them. Watch out with them with Mr. Bryce Harper come this offseason. They are going to make a strong push for him. And, you know, uh, they could be a team to definitely watch in, in the next few years. But as for this year, you're right. They're still a year or two out. And then you got the Phillies, 6-5. and five. Um, You know, my pick to really finish fourth in that division. But, you know, right now they're ahead of the Nationals. I don't think that they're going to finish there. But uh, what do you make of what's going on in Philly? I'm sorry, Eric. Did I just hear you say fourth place? I mean, I think that's – Do you know who you're talking about? You're talking about the Philadelphia Phillies. How could you possibly doubt a Philadelphia team in 2018? Oh, man. The Philadelphia Eagles, Villanova, the 76ers. Give me a break. <laughs> right? I mean, maybe, maybe there's some uh, some magic juju going on out there. There's definitely some magic juju going out there, and I am not going to say a bad word about Philadelphia because I don't want to look stupid at the end of the year. 
fine. I will I will take that. I will take that. And, uh, I will be the one who has to own up to that at the end of the year whenever they're. Yes, the you will, and you'll hear it from me too. I would expect nothing less. Expect nothing less. But what if the Washington Nationals do not make the playoffs? Do we think that's a possibility right now? They're playing sub five hundred baseball. I mean, Bryce Harper clearly knows that it's his contract year because he's playing ridiculous. He might be hitting better than anyone we've has since Barry Bonds. I mean, he is walking or hitting home runs th- uh, this year. I mean, he's off to a great start, but he's also got that big contract in the offseason. What's potentially going to happen cause that team and the nation's capital to struggle a little bit this year, in your opinion? Can the Washington Nationals miss the playoffs? Absolutely, they can miss the playoffs. Because if the Mets continue to do what they're doing, now obviously the Mets are not going to win at 11 out of 12, uh, you know, going throughout the entire year. But if the Mets can sustain what they're doing, and you have the crowded AL West with Arizona, Colorado, San Francisco, Los Angeles Dodgers, you could very well have the two wildcard teams out of that division alone. So, yes, the Nationals can absolutely miss the playoffs. Do I see that happening? You know, I don't know because the Nationals are very talented, very, very talented. Bryce Harper's got something to prove this year, and he's showing it, you know. So, is it possible? Absolutely. Do I see it happening? It all depends on the Mets, right? I mean, can the Mets keep this up? I mean, I think as long as they can stay healthy, they uh, they can. Um you know, one team that the Mets do not have to worry about that we haven't brought up yet is the dumpster fire that is the Miami Marlins. Um, you know, new ownership traded away everyone that was anyone on that roster this offseason. Um, it, it's not it's not a happy time in uh, South Florida, is it? No, it's not. And, you know, towards Miami, we'll see you in seven, eight years, um, you know, Derek Jeter is doing nothing but attaining young talent in the minors. And you're going to see that possibly pay off in four or five years. Uh, But as for the near future, they're going to stay at the bottom of that division for many years to come. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're sitting at three and nine right now. Um, I'm with you. I think it could come down between them, their uh, fellow Florida team and the Rays and the, Reds and Cincinnati as far as, you know, who ends up getting that uh, number one pick in next year's draft um, due to being the worst team in the league. Uh, It's going to be very interesting, very interesting, Eric. And and speaking of very interesting, we're only two and a half weeks in the season, and there is a lot of fighting going on in baseball. It's been pretty fun, right? Tempers are are up. I mean, you would expect to come into – the season and and everyone's excited and let's get out and let's play ball but man i mean especially this past week we have seen people getting into it um i mean almost like we don't expect to see until you start until those you know playoff races start really heating up and and the nerves are running high we're seeing it right out of the gate uh you're right i mean it's definitely something that you know caught my eye and caught the eye of a lot of baseball fans uh this past week um is people just getting into it and, and, and shuffling it up a little bit. Um, let, let's talk about a couple of them real quick. I mean, we, we've got time. So uh, I think, you know, it all kind of started with St. Louis and Arizona 
and Yadier Molina, right? Uh, and Tori Lavola, absolutely. Tori Lavola. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, obviously, it's once those details started coming out and um, Yadi saying that he was called, you know, something that you just don't want to hear a couple of times um, by Lavolo. Um, what was your take on that incident? I mean, was Yachty in the right? Should he be able to kind of hold those emotions in and step back and, and say, no, I need to be in this game and I need to be in future games for my team? First of all, you need to realize, or Tori Lavolo needs to uh, realize something. He's talking to Yadier Molina. Yadier Molina does not hold his emotions, and he never has. Yeah. And whenever you want to use that kind of language with a person like uh, Yadier Molina, you're going to get that. OK, um, I'm totally 100 percent ashamed of the Major League uh, Baseball Association for for suspending Yadier for one game and no nothing for Tori Lavola. I mean, was he not the one who instigated this and he gets nothing? I mean, it, it just it doesn't make sense to me. And we're going to talk about that a little more with the other fights towards the uh, suspensions and games. None of this is really making any sense to me towards yeah. the amount of time towards suspension. I do think that that's something that the MLB needs to figure out. But Tory Lavola, it's a, it's how he did not get suspended is beyond me. Yeah, I, and I agree with you there. I mean, I think uh, what we're going to see once we break down these other couple incidents is, you know, the MLB does have kind of this expectation of, okay, when these things occur – this is going to be the consequence for it. I think we're going to notice that here as we get further into it. And maybe they did make an exception with Yadier Molina. I mean, he, like you said, you know, the one game, um, you know, it, it, it's light compared to what some other players received this week. I did want to mention one last thing about that, Eric. And the reason that they gave that they suspended Yadier Molina for one game was because he made contact with the umpire. And any time a Major League Baseball does that, a player does that, he's automatically suspended for a game. So I do want to throw that out there in their defense, but go ahead. All right, so we had two big fights in one day um, this week, and, you know, a lot of people talking about them. Uh, the day game between the Padres and the Rockies. Um, why don't you set that up? Just kind of remind us, Ryan, what all took place there. Well, I'm going to try to do this without laughing, okay, all right, all right. Uh, because it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. A um, lot of hostility during the game. Uh, Perdomo for the Padres decided he was going to throw a fastball behind Nolan Arenado. That's now, a mistake. Now, let's let's set this up a little bit, though. Now, uh, the previous games, the Rocks had kind of been throwing at the Padres a little bit, um, so the you know, the, the nerves and the edge was there for them. And the Padres, like we were talking about earlier, they're going to be the bottom dwellers in a very tough division. So I think they got into a situation where they're like, hey, we need to show them that we're not going to be pushed around. You know, and then that le- leads up to what you're talking about with Nolan Arenado. Yeah, and I'm going to get on to the pushed around thing. Uh, so, you know, Perdoma throws a fastball behind Arenado. Uh, he did not like it. He charges the mound, and Perdomo, he's trying to exit the stadium, Eric. Yeah. I mean, help me out here. I mean, if you're willing to throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball at a guy like Nolan Arenado, at least stand your ground. He was running for third base for safety. Well, okay. So here's my take on it. Um, 
Yes, I agree. If you're going to throw at a guy, be ready for it. Um, however, if I was in his shoes, you know, <laughs> we, we've seen it. We, we've seen it happen time and again where, you know, a batter gets upset with what's happened. He slowly starts to walk out of the box, you know, and moves towards that pitcher's mound and a scuffle ensues, right? That is not what happened here. Nolan Arenado went all kinds of Bobby Portis crazy eyes, right? I mean, <laughs> he, he he was coming, and he's not a small man. He is a big man. I think if I'm in those shoes, I'm throwing my glove three feet above his head, too, and taking off for third base. You know? I'm not standing in there for Arenado, not when he's looking crazy like that. Um, it, I'm just it, saying – you're willing to throw the fastball. You know what's coming, Eric. You know what's coming. So you're willing to throw that that baseball. You stand on that mound, and, and you take it like a man. And you know who took it like a man on that same very day? Mr. Joe Kelly. Mr. Joe Kelly. Let's talk about this. So that, so that's man, it. I don't want to mess with him. Right? I mean, okay, so we have the Rockies and the Padres scuffle during the day, and then you've got the Yankees – and the Red Sox, maybe the biggest rivalry in sports happened in that night, right? And so let's just set this up a little bit, Ryan, to put some context into it. The previous two games between these two teams were, I mean, blowouts, not kind, of, not exactly the right word. Um, you know, the Red Sox definitely blew them out, uh, putting up double-digit runs in the first game. Uh, and then the Yankees got off to a big lead in the second game. Red Sox were able to, you know, get their, work their way back into it and make a game of it. But, you know, two two real lopsided games to start, right? And, and the love is not lost between these two teams. So what happens is Tyler Austin, DH for the Yankees, decided that he was going to come in spikes up into second base on Brock Holt, right? Um, obviously, that does not sit well with the team. And, man, like you said, give it up to Joe Kelly. Next time uh, that Austin steps into play, he drills him right in the side, right? And, and what does he do? Austin's doing like what we talked about. He's taking a couple steps. He's slamming the bat. Joe Kelly's sitting there saying, come on out here, dude. If we're going to do this, let's do this. Come get it, he said. He was begging him. He said, come get it. And he gave it to him. He gave it to him. Looked like Floyd Mayweather out there, man. Bloodied his lip up and everything. Man. I I don't know. Maybe, you know, they've talked about, you know, where's the interest in uh, baseball, especially among a younger crowd. If this is the kind of season that we're in for, I think that interest is definitely well on its way. Uh, uh, what do you think? Is these kinds of, um, you know, conflicts in the middle of the game that we've witnessed this week, is that good, bad, indifferent? I mean, they've always existed in the game, but but what's our take on this? I mean, really, the the last thing I really have to say on it is, yes, I absolutely think it's good for baseball. Do I think baseball should turn into the next hockey? No, I don't. I right. want to make that very clear. But is ba- is fighting in baseball good? Yes. Whenever it's warranted, absolutely. It is absolutely great for the game, and it, people do want to see it. Um, now, off of that, 
kind of what I was talking about earlier with the suspensions. Mm-hmm. I think that MLB has tried very hard, and I think you would agree with this, over the last year to make this a more global game for people. Yeah. Whenever you have this exciting stuff happen, people are tuning in to Sports Center to watch the fights. Uh, you know, I'm getting updates on my phone about people fighting. You know, it, right. it's interesting. It brings people into baseball. So whenever this happens, the MLB decides they're going to go ahead and suspend Joe Kelly who's a reliever for six games. That is a pretty stiff penalty for a reliever. Well, I mean, we say that, but then if you look at what they did across the board, I mean, you know, Arenado, five games for, you know, what went on out there with the Padres and the Rockies. Um, Austin, five games. Para, four games. Perdoma, five games. Pitchers, too long. In every game, though, a pitcher is not in every game, so I don't think it's too outrageous for him to get one extra. I mean, that's typically what happens for pitchers anyway to ensure that they miss at least one game. Not for a reliever, though, and that was my point: is towards a reliever missing six games. That's far more significant than a starter missing six games, and that's what you normally get. You know, with Perdoma from from the Padres, he's suspended for five games. He's out for one start. You know, for a guy like Joe Kelly, he could potentially be out of two or three games. Right. But, I mean, then you look at the position players, they're missing multiple games. So, I don't know. It doesn't bother me that bad. I mean, if he had come out and they had given Joe Kelly a 10-game suspension, something along those lines, then, yeah, I think there's a bigger Maybe I'm just sad I won't get to see him fight for a week. You know, that that could be it, too. Maybe. Maybe. But, hey, you know what's going to happen, though, is – there's going to be a lot of exciting stuff happen all season long. You know, obviously, Yankees, Sox, Padres, Rockies, division rivals, they're going to play a lot this year. The question is, you know, people are saying the right things right now. They're saying that they've let it go and it's behind them and it's over. I have a hard time believing it's over. So there's going to be stuff happen, which means there's going to be a lot of stuff that we can talk about as this year goes on, Ryan. Um and that's something that I'm excited about. I don't know about you, man, but oh, I'm ready for it. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey guys, we're gonna wrap this uh, first episode of Out of the Pin podcast up right now. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, see, listen on iTunes. Look under the Trackstar Sports account, and make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, we want you to be here not only for when we release the the out of the pin podcast and tell all your friends about that. Um, not only when we release those every Saturday, but there is so much good sports content going on. Uh, you know, give my man, miles Austin, a listen over on the hard in the paint with miles Austin podcast, NBA playoffs, getting ready to come up. There's going to be a lot of good material there. So give them guys a shout, uh, follow, follow track star sports on social media as well. You know, Twitter, uh, at track star sport, uh, Facebook. We also, there's also the, debate fuel um facebook group that if you're not a part of join in there a lot of good discussion that happens every day throughout the entirety of the world of sports and you know what while you're ryan what they need to do while they're out there uh you know subscribing following tristar sports joining facebook groups while you're on twitter go ahead and follow us at out of the pin underscore ts on uh, Twitter that is out of the pin underscore TS for Trackstar Sports. Give us a follow. Give us feedback. We want to hear what can we do to be better. What topics do you guys want to hear on the show? 
I mean, that is something that we are very invested in. We want to make this a show that you, the fans, enjoy because we are fans with you. Like Ryan said earlier, we are not insiders. We are not what I would say are experts. We are just very, very committed fans. Um, so make sure you give us a, uh, a follow and that you're interacting with us because we are excited to interact with you. Uh, if you want to interact with us individually, uh, we would love that as well. You can follow me at Eric Boston three. That is Eric Boston, the number three. Uh, make sure you give a, that a follow. Ryan, you want to give them your uh, social contact there? Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan underscore Cameron 22. That's at Ryan underscore Cameron 22. Awesome. Awesome. So go on there, guys. Give us the follow. Uh, go ahead and hit that retweet button. Hit that share button. Let's get this word out because we want to have a huge, huge conversation with all of you guys. So tell your friends. Make sure to tune in on iTunes each and every Saturday for new episodes of Out of the Pen Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this first one. There's lots of great content coming soon, and we are excited to bring it to you guys. Uh, anything you got to throw in there, Ryan, But before we sign off? Eric, it's been a great first episode, man. I'm so excited to get this year going and go Tribe. <laughs> all right, all right. Same thing. I'm excited here, guys. A lot of stuff to come, and I look forward to talking not only with Ryan, but uh, with you guys as well. So it's going to be a great baseball season. We will see you guys next week. <laughs>